does redefining education look like? And what does it mean to be a disruptor in the field of education? Welcome to 360 Real Time, a Steelcase podcast with behind-the-scenes conversations on the research impacting the places where people work, learn, and heal. I'm Rebecca Charbowski, and today we'll take you inside String Theory Schools, a nonprofit network of schools serving 3,500 students based in Philadelphia. They opened their doors to us to share what they're discovering as they offer students new ways to learn in new kinds of classrooms. We're joined by Jason Corsaniti, the co-founder and chief innovation officer for String Theory. Jason, String Theory does things differently than most K-12 schools. Students in middle school pick a major in the arts or sciences and spend 90 minutes a day on that subject. You're committed to giving all students technology to access information and aid discovery, and your environments are unique as well. How would you describe the mission of String Theory Schools? Our mission is to grow the world's next creative leaders. We know that in education as well as physics, you have the physical world of what you can see and what you can touch. In physics, that's governed by Newton's laws and Einstein's theory of relativity. In education, there's things like standardized tests and data. But you also then have the subatomic world of particles in which traditional laws of physics and math don't apply. In education, we also have intangibles, things like innovation, creativity, joy, and entrepreneurship. So the the model and the name string theory comes from the idea of honoring the fact that uh, we both understand and respect that we are in a high-stakes environment, that we know we have to, kids have to learn math and physics, but also recognize that the traditional model of education has not worked well for many students and giving them opportunities to be able to figure out what type of creative they are figure out what type of learner they are, and then ultimately grow into these next creative leaders of society. Your schools operate under a mobile-first education philosophy. Can you explain that for us? Mobile First for us came out of the idea of when iPad first came out in 2010. We had already been one-to-one with laptops for three years and we're looking to replace them in, in a cycle that year. iPad was about a year old in 2011 and as we were looking at devices and looking at how kids were engaging with their environment, how they were learning, uh, back then we realized that even then kids and millennials, how they were consuming content was no longer through desktop environments, was no longer through TV. It was first and foremost through mobile. So we wanted to point that lens towards education. And now, since then, we are now realizing that kids and young folks are actually mobile first in the way that they're creating content as well. And while you and I may speak English, we know they speak social. So how do we make that experience of how that they work, how they team and their team ability, and point that towards this is now how I'm interacting with my educational environment and my learning? So how important is it for you to have a physical environment that supports the culture you're trying to create? Space is one of the the most important things for us. It's part of our design elements of the strength theory model of providing uh, flexible classroom space and opportunities for kids to pursue their passion both in school and and out of school. So for us, it's absolutely critical to you know providing uh, the setting for kids. One of the things that we've done in, in our schools is uh, you know traditionally with especially urban schools they've 
they're built to prison specs. They look like prisons. They're hard surfaces. They're meant to last a uh, 100 years. But we try to put soft surfaces in our buildings. We want the classrooms to be spaces that they, you know, feel at home with and relax. And you're, you're even seeing this more with labor and delivery. You know, we used to have these sanitary hospitals, and now they're making hospital rooms feel more like home. And there's just a level of comfort and rhythm that you're just able to get into your headspace or mindset to be creative. I know personally that I got to get relaxed and comfortable and in a place before I can actually get work done and before I can actually, you know, be creative. And we recognize that that's important and we recognize that it's different for every kid and every teacher. Uh, And it is so important to us that it's actually part of our design, one of our design principles is our facility and our physical environment. The string theory model reinforces the notion that students have to feel safe and secure to reach their full potential for creation and productivity. How do you go creating that kind of safe place? It begins with certainly the space, providing a place where kids feel comfortable that lend themselves to that. It's giving them an opportunity to be creative and use their creativity, their skill set to be able to demonstrate content knowledge and to be able to demonstrate and create things. So it really comes down to giving kids the flexibility, but also the teachers the flexibility to design projects that are inquiry-based, to be able to give them things that are authentic and bring authentic experiences to them. One of the things that we've done is bring in artists in residence, scientists in residence, and entrepreneurs in residence, instead of, in addition rather, to all of our regular teachers, because that really brings the real world to these kids. So bringing them in and having them interact and use all the spaces and have our kids get involved, there's a rhythm to what it's like to be an artist, a scientist, and an entrepreneur. Uh, There's a, a daily rhythm of what that feels like, very connected to the space and the environment and putting that in a, in a little bubble or letting the kids go out to you know, the real world and just see that is completely different from having them live and breathe and be part of it every day and function in that environment. So bringing that here, bringing those folks here and then creating the space that supports that uh, really was just really instrumental to us. We'd love to hear about any of the projects students work on that stimulate creativity. We're actually sitting right now in our particle collaboration space. One of the things that we created in here was our uh, food lab, which we're calling our particle food lab. It's not what you would normally think of as an educational space, but it very much is so. The food lab is structured as a YouTube studio and production environment, so we can actually shoot BuzzFeed Tasty style videos. Uh, It's structured as a test kitchen for kids to be able to experiment with cooking and menu concepts, restaurant concepts, and food for our cafe that they're actually working in. It's set up as a Internet of Things smart kitchen lab, and it's also a gathering space for kids and teachers. So for us to be able to provide this really creative, unique workspace that really aligns with startup culture, you see a lot of, in startup culture, a lot of flexible spaces. Food seems to be a prevailing element, uh, a place to be social, a place to recharge, a place to be creative, and having that in our space and connected to it and to provide the flexibility for multiple purposes means that we're able to connect in lots of different ways and get the greatest use out of it. That's really interesting. How about you walk us through a typical day at a string theory school? Sure. So what a uh, normal string theory day would look like for kids is it's 90 minutes longer than most schools. Uh, With those 90 minutes, students have opportunities to engage in both arts and science and electives and entrepreneurship classes. 
Um, they take all their traditional academics, so we have a full slate of courses. The schedule, although during the day on a semester basis, is a little bit more flexible. We're on a semester block schedule, much like a college, which means you can take an entire course in half of a year. That gives us the ability to have kids be able to move as fast as they need to. So you can chunk through, you know, for instance, math classes, take an algebra, geometry, trig, and calc, and by 11th or 12th grade, either get all of your high school done and start moving into college courses, or engaging that over an entire year period and slow down from what a normal class schedule would be. So that gives the kid the flexibility, hey, if I need to get through algebra a little bit slower, now I have a full year of 90 minutes every day to be able to do that. Yeah, I can see how there's so much more flexibility there. How do you help kids discover what really excites and inspires them? We give, at the elementary grade, we have seven extra classes or areas of passion that kids are able to pursue. There's three performing arts, vocal music, instrumental music, classical ballet, French as a foreign language, creative writing, visual arts, and science and technology in addition to the traditional academics. So our kindergartners uh, literally have seven classes when they start school in addition to academics, and they don't know, typically that kindergartners don't know they're not supposed to have 13 classes when they start school. Uh, so K-4, K-5 for us is a discovery process for those kids to figure out what type of learners they are and to figure out what type of creatives they are. In the middle grades, starting at about fifth grade or sixth grade, they choose one of those subjects as a major or passion and then spend 90 minutes every single day in that passion. So you can be an art major, a music major, a science major. It's fully art, it's fully science. In high school, we have graduation requirements in the state, as many states have. And as these kids get older, especially in 11th and 12th grade, as they're getting the requirements done, there's more flexibility within their schedule to take elective classes. There's more opportunities for them to do internships. And there's more opportunities for them to pursue more advanced areas within their major and go a little bit deeper. A lot of this is really different from a typical K-12 through experience. Do you ever feel resistance from educators or administrators? Sure. I think a lot of, um, you know, some of the fear that comes into doing things differently is, you know, number one, as a result of, you know, some high stakes environments and and testing. But, uh, you know, we do what we know. And, you know, a lot of times when you're saddled with kind of a textbook and this is what you're teaching and this is how you're doing it, that's a level of comfort. And to be able to create flexible environments for kids and, and teachers, what we always say is, you know, it's not about criticizing. It's do the next easiest thing. What's the next easiest thing that you can do as a student? What's the next easiest step you can take as a teacher to create a little bit more flexibility and to give kids a voice and a choice in what they're doing? Sometimes that's a really small thing, and I think what often happens is that both kids and teachers wind up being surprised at the results and the success of what happens when there's an authentic learning environment and you give these kids an opportunity to you know, make a decision in, in what they're doing. So what kind of learning outcomes and student engagement have you seen? One of the things we see is that time on task and engagement is through the roof. With kids, when you have something that you're good at and you get a chance to do it every single day, they look forward to coming to school. It really connects the left side of their brain and the right side of their brain, so all of a sudden math becomes alive, their proficiency scores go up. One of the biggest indicators we now have of success is we just graduated our first graduating class of seniors this past June, and we had over $12 million in scholarships of kids, nearly 100%, probably 99% of the kids accepted into college. Uh, So we're seeing that these kids kids are having an opportunity to know what they're good at, 
they know what type of learner they are, they're becoming successful in their learning, they're given an opportunity to make choices, and then you send them off to college and they have to choose a college and a major and, you know, it takes them a couple of years to settle in to figure out, you know, what am I good at and what do I like? By giving them an opportunity to do that in an environment that is safe, we want kids to, you know, have the startup culture where, you know, in startup, it's an agile methodology where you're trying to fail fast, fail often, and typically in high school, grades are only punitive. It's not a safe place to experiment and make choices. So how do we create an environment where kids, it's safe to make choices, it's safe to pursue your passion, uh, you have an opportunity to iterate through different things and figure out what, what you like and what you're good at, uh, and ultimately become you know these next creative leaders that are good at managing people, they're good at managing deadlines and working with others, and they're actually managing teams of other students. So they're much more mature and they're much more successful when coming out and working with others and, and adults. It's typically what we hear from a lot of folks that work with our kids. String Theory has grown tremendously since opening its first school for about 450 students in 2000. Now you have a network of schools, four campuses, serving about 3,500 students. What do you see in the future? For us, it's about you know helping as many kids as possible. It's about being disruptive to education, but also providing the thought leadership to what the future of especially urban education looks like. And for us, we know that it's a K-12 environment. There are many school models that uh, try to you know work with different groups of kids at different ages, and we really think that that really begins in kindergarten or even younger, and you need to really look at the whole child across their entire school age range. So being a K-12 school, we are fully arts and we are fully STEM. Uh, a lot of times we hear the term, you know, STEAM, where you take an, an art and apply it to STEM and you make it STEAM. And oftentimes that's a STEM school that likes to sprinkle arts on top, or it's an art school that sprinkles science on top. Uh, with our school model, it's as if you took the best science school, the best art school, and through entrepreneurship and career and technical education and post-secondary options, and threw it all into the mix. To be K-12, to be tuition-free, to be fully arts, fully science, and also we're delivering what we think is a on par with a private school education, and to be able to do that on a public education dollars that's tuition-free really is what we think the future of urban education is and what we're demonstrating. Our role and our desire going forward is to use this as a, as a model, as a thought leader, uh, but also to expand in, into other cities, other markets, to create environments for kids you know, in many other cities. As String Theory continues to prepare more kids for the future, what do you see as the future of education? You know, you used to go to school to be, you know, an artist or a web designer. And what we're seeing is that everybody needs these types of creative skills. Everybody needs to be able to, you know, do a podcast and work with technology and be able to be creative and make apps and be able to produce content. And it needs to be, you know, a high creative level. We see kids going through those fields, but we think that every kid needs to be able to work in that high level of uh, environment and have the base level of creativity going forward with education, we're going to see that it's those more soft skills that are typically called team ability, how well you're able to manage a team, how well you're able to manage a budget, interact with others, run a project, are all things that we're seeing with our kids that are really allowing them to, you know, get the jobs, get the careers, get into colleges. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. That was Jason Corsiniti, the co-founder and chief innovation officer for String Theory Schools. You can find more examples of how educators are engaging and inspiring students at steelcase.com slash education. If you enjoyed this conversation, we'd love it if you'd leave us an iTunes review and help other people discover 360 Real Time. 
And you can find more podcasts and articles at 360.steelcase.com.